broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 262. I'm Zoner. I'm Zoot. How are you, Zoner? I'm doing well. Colin's with his mom tonight. So not dead? Not dead. Surprisingly enough. He and hasn't produced any grandchildren yet, so he could be. That is true. However, I just realized I was supposed to let him know when we started recording to see if he was available. To, you mean to get him out of talking with his mom? Yeah, I totally forgot. So, sorry, Colin, you're hanging out with moms tonight. Aw, there's worse things than to be with your mom. There, There is, depending on who your mother is. There are better things, though. I mean such as visiting our fine sponsors and our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio, stitcher.com, radio kscr, eagle moss limited, and wpcycle.com, the finest wordpress hosts ever. And I think I have to stress think, I think we're actually available on one other radio station now. Oh, really? I I don't know. I think that might be Geek Factor Radio. By a factor of what? Um, two, because they added us. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so Geek Factor Radio. We're not really sure when we're airing there, but uh, I'm pretty sure we are airing there. Because we have started um, uploading our shows to them. So, yeah. So, shout out to our buddy Chance over there. Thanks for Thanks for putting us on, and we'll try to not piss you off too bad. Thanks for taking a chance with us. Oh, dude, for reals? Oh, dad jokes abound. Oh, um, I saw the most epic dad joke today. It was You saw? You didn't hear? I no, I saw it. It was I actually posted it on our Twitter and Instagram feeds. Uh go check it out. It is it, it's Star Wars related. So, yeah, awesomeness, check it. Okay, interesting. Um, So, it's that time of year. We've been hinting, we've been uh, leading up to it, we've been getting you prepped. By the time this episode drops, it will be time. And that is the annual podcast awards. Huzzah! Now, they're doing something a little bit interesting. Um, I guess in years past, listeners have nominated shows that no one had ever heard of. They'd win the award, and then no one ever heard from them again. So they actually made um, content creators register this this year. So I registered. Stolen Droids Podcast is registered and ready for your nominations. So here's how you do it. You go to podcastawards.com. You scroll down to the technology section. You say you're going to nominate Stolen Droids Podcast. Provide the URL, which is www.stolendroids.com. You should know this by now. Um, and... It's going to ask for the feed URL. Now, if you don't know what the feed URL, because you use iTunes or use Podcatcher or Stitcher or any one of our other great ways to listen to our show, that's fine. Because if you go to our site, StolenDroids.com, on the right-hand side, there is a link that says Show RSS. And there's an RSS link for Generic Geek Podcast and one for Stolen Droids. We provide everything. See? Yes. Click on the one that says Stolen Droids Podcast. That's the one on the top. Yeah, don't worry about the generic geek podcast one. That that loser has no chance of winning. 
that that dude who does that show is a complete idiot. I know, right? Yeah, he doesn't deserve to be nominated. At all. Okay, so we got that out of the way. We're going to be reminding you. Um, we don't want to guilt you. We don't want to uh, do any of that stuff. But I would actually implore you to donate to the podcast awards. I know we've asked for donations in the past to our cause, and you guys have always come through, and for which we are eternally grateful. We've been able to keep this show going every single week for five years now, which is almost unheard of in the podcast community. It really but, is. But – the podcast awards themselves have been running with little to no funding for what, like eight years now? Which which number is this? Eleven. Eleven. Eleven years. That's older than almost all my kids. Year after year they do this, and it could possibly be the last one because they don't have funding. And furthermore, I found this out this week, there are pretenders cropping up. Did you know that? Seriously? Seriously. There's other organizations saying, oh, yes, well, we are the Academy of Podcasts. What freaking Academy? Um, wow. <laughs> I'm just envisioning a bunch of, like, like basement dwellers. Like, Watch. We're going to end up being nominated for that one. <laughs> and they're going to listen to this episode, and they're going, nope, they're off the list. They'll be like, he just insulted my pride. In any case, um, we happen to know the organization who runs the podcast awards. They have put their heart and soul into it year after year for 11 years. Zahner and I have met them personally when we've been nominated in years past. Well, we've gone down to the show every year that we can make it, and they're great people. They really do care about the art form, as such as it is an art form. Um, if you only have a few dollars to throw their way, do it. You know, The donate button is there on podcastawards.com. Um, I donated. Just do what you can. Yeah, and they they actually are hoping to raise twenty or twenty five thousand dollars. They're only about twelve hundred bucks. So, uh, and that's in the last twenty seven days. So, go show go show Todd Cochran some love. He's the guy who runs this. He's the guy who uh, takes the time to build this great awards show and and help foster this community of. Let's face it, there's some really amazing talent in this community. And I'm not talking about us because you We know lose us. to them every year. Yes, we're just hacks. You guys all know that. But it is still really cool to get nominated and go down and see guys from like ESPN and I, like big names. So We met some guy, Leo Laporte. I, I heard that he is some he used to be famous or something. Yeah, and then uh, who? <laughs> my favorite story was talking with uh, Rob Sestranino from Rob Has a Podcast. Uh, he was also a sur- uh, Survivor contestant, mm-hmm. and I was chatting with him, telling him how I was really bummed that he never won Survivor because he was—he's a great player. He understands the game really well. And he looked at me and he said, "You understand that I'm not Boston Rob, don't you?" And I thought it was awesome. He. He assumed that I had no clue who he was, whereas I was a big fan. Still yeah. am. I still enjoy his show. We, we've met a lot of good people through the awards. We met Stephen Lee uh, and his show, Waves of Tech. And he's actually the one who helped us sound as velvety smooth as you hear us right now. And if you don't remember what we used to sound like... Go check out episode one. 
Yeah. <laughs> Have some gauze ready for when your ears start bleeding. I'm just saying it's been a great thing. And if anything, if we haven't gained anything else from doing this show, we've gained an appreciation of podcasting. We've done it through the podcast awards and all of our fellow nominees. So that aside. Well, and just one more thing, Zook. We couldn't no, have done no more this. Things. Without you, our listeners. So we do oh, yes, appreciate you. Thank you for sticking with us for five years. Please, you know, if you enjoy us, tell your friends. Yep. Okay, so into our headlines. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> the FBI is turning into the new Sony or into the new BlackBerry. So it was only a matter of time before two of these subjects met head on. I like how you, I like that, Zook. I like that. So, if you weren't aware, BlackBerry is a type of device often held by geriatrics and dinosaurs. And once presidents touted, of the United and, States. Yes. Uh, once touted, touted, excuse me, uh, touted? for being, I don't know, I don't know what happened there, for being secure because they had an encryption key that encrypted everything that happened on your phone. See, your phone never actually talked directly to the internet. Instead, it talked to BlackBerry's own servers, and then from there went out to the internet. So BlackBerry itself, you acted as a proxy for your phones and devices. Uh, this is why if you had a BlackBerry, you didn't have a smartphone data plan, you had a BlackBerry data plan. Uh, and why when BlackBerry servers went down, suddenly all BlackBerries were completely worthless. Okay. But in this way, in this very smart way, these phones weren't entirely secured. From the phone to the server, nothing could crack their security. Except for the Canadian government. Because as it turns out, um, in records that were released recently, it turns out the Canadian police somehow managed to obtain BlackBerry's global decryption key. Um what they were doing is they were trying to uh, get testimonies and evidence and all this different stuff to build a case against a crime family up in Canada. I don't know. They smuggle syrup or something. Uh, moose poachers. Uh, no, in, in truth, uh, they were wanted for a whole lot of murders and whatnot. And <laughs> they were stealing maple syrup. Yeah. yeah. They were smuggling drugs into the U.S. Like, you know, Tylenol and aspirin and affordable health care. Um, oh, so, yeah, shots fired there. The The funny thing is, is that I just can't get past the fact that the criminals wanted their activities to be secure, so they used blackberries. Out of national pride or something, I don't know. In any case, it turns out somehow the police got the global decryption key. Now, they're not saying how they got it. And BlackBerry is denying that they gave it to them. But it turns out that pretty much everyone involved in the investigation had their hands in a lot of pies. Rogers, uh, which is kind of like their version of AT&T, they were in on it. Um, BlackBerry, someone at BlackBerry had to be in on it. And they didn't actually tell anyone that they had this ability. It turns out that uh, the Canadian government, since they had the global decryption key, could access anyone's phone on a whim at any time for years. Since, what was it, 2010? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's um, that's disconcerting. And what's crazy is the fact that the Canadian public had no clue. I shouldn't say crazy. That's kind of how you'd actually expect it. Remember last week we discussed how it was crazy that the FBI was willing to admit they had no way to access iPhones? And we said they really should have just kept their mouths shut? Yeah. Well, they should have taken a note from the Canadians. But see, the Canadians were so good at keeping a secret, they didn't even know they should take uh, take uh, notes with the Canadians. Yeah. That's... We feel for you, Canada. We do. That's that's bad to learn that uh, they always had that ability. Um, maybe you should buy an Android. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, you should buy an Apple. You should buy an Apple because they'll stick up for you. Yes, up to a point. Up to a point. Um, also, last week, uh, and here's where we get into the other side of this conversation, the FBI side. Last week, we, disgu- we discussed how the FBI bought a tool. They paid for a tool that allows them to unlock iPhones and then used that tool for other people without paying any more. It turns out they didn't. They didn't actually buy a tool. The government lied to us? They paid gray hat hackers to hack the phone. Now, are you surprised by that, though, in all honesty? Well, no, but I'm kind of funny. I find it kind of funny that the FBI had the bright idea that, hey, we can't get into this phone. Hand it to these teenagers. I'll bet you they can. Now, I am making a joke out of this. We don't know that it's teenagers, and that is me playing to a cliche to say it is. But still, there's something kind of poetic about the big bad government who can't unlock the phone having to reach out to people who would sometimes be on the wrong side of the law to do what they want. Now, I actually saw an article, and I I apologize. I thought that I had put it um, in... I thought that I had put it in the show notes here, but I thought that I saw somewhere that it's very strong possibility that they paid an Israeli firm to do uh, no. this. They thought that they had, and it had been brought up, but it turned out, no, it was not. Oh, okay. It was not. That's been confirmed. Um, it is a U.S.-based one, so, you know, go USA Pride and all that. I just... It makes you wonder, is there ever that moment of clarity within the FBI saying, hey, if we're having to turn to people who are oftentimes on the wrong side of the law to do this, maybe it isn't exactly legal for us to do this. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. But but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I really need to get my deposit out of the bank. I should hire a bank robber. No. (laughs) I like that. You you shouldn't, because if you need to get something out of the bank so much that you're willing to break the law, it should really give you pause. That Yeah, that's a good... Yeah. Possibly the most poetic thing about this is, is that reports have come out now that they didn't find anything on the phone that actually implicated the San Bernardino shooter any more than their other evidence already did, which is something we specifically brought up on this show weeks ago. Yeah, I was going to say that this, to me, seemed more of a power grab. Oh, it was totally. And we discussed it at the time when all this was starting to, to make headlines. And it turns out 
yeah, it was a power grab. They're not going to admit that it was a power grab. But correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it the dude's work phone or something? It was. It was his work phone. It was an iPhone 5C. So it was the cheap plastic one. Um, and, and look, here's here's the honest truth, okay? Either... And when they say it's his work phone, it wasn't his personal phone. To me, as an IT administrator myself, that says that the company owned it. And if the company owns a phone and is willing to issue them out, they have some kind of MDM or mobile device management on the phone. If they have mobile device management, then the administrator is actually able to remotely unlock the phone or read its contents to a degree. I'm not going to say that they have a skeleton key to it. The fact that they didn't go that route, I, I think you're absolutely right. It was just a power grab, and it was one that blew up in their face hilariously. And that one little thing that Apple said that they didn't want was this vulnerability out in the open where anyone could access it Yeah, is now out in the open where everyone is accessing it. So, you know, I, I keep hearing politicians and, you know, other people saying, oh, well, you know, we just want a key to this device. It's like getting a key to a door that's locked. In fact, I saw some big article today, should every lock have a key? Talking. I see GP Gray. Oh, did you see it too? Yeah. Um, but, you know, my thinking on this, you're not just giving them a key, especially in this case, to one door. You gave a key to every door. And now everybody is vulnerable because of that. If ever you need to to answer that question, does every lock need a key? I just want you to go back and watch Hellraiser, okay? Okay. That was a lock that didn't have a key. I'm trying to think. If I is that Pinhead? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen that with the puzzle box. Yeah, it's it's been way too long since I've seen that. Sorry. Watch I, it with your family. I'm useless there. Oh, a good good one for the kids, huh? Excellent for the kids. <laughs> That'll help your wife go right into labor. Awesome. Okay, well, so yeah, now that this is out in the open, it is being used like crazy. And sure enough, first up to bat is a Israeli um, man. His adopted son died. And uh, he really wants to see his son again and hear his voice. And he has his son's uh, phone. So he would like this security firm, these hackers, to unlock the phone for him. And they're going to do just that. Now, on one hand, as a parent, he insisted that his fingerprint be added to his son's phone. So he can unlock the phone himself. Okay, that's responsible parenting. However, the phone has been restarted since then. And iPhones, much like Androids and many other phones, if you restart the phone... You have to enter in the PIN code. Yes. Yeah, my, my, my S7 does the same thing. It always kind of throws me after a restart because why isn't my thumbprint working? And I just sit there staring at my phone like an idiot. <laughs> but he That doesn't... happened to me the other day after an update. Yep. Yep. But the problem is he doesn't know the PIN code. And yeah, a father wanting to have access to his dead son's phone so he can see his pictures and, you know, listen to his voice again is probably the most benign circumstance we could think of. Yeah. You know, you'd have to have a pretty cold heart to not think, okay, yeah, if that ever happened to me, I'd want to have access to uh, to memories, potential memories of my child. But this is still 
a possibility now. Well, and it still goes back to, yeah, you're giving the guy a key, but you're making a copy for everyone else, you know, to everything else, which I understand where dude's coming from as a parent. I think, you know, that's absolutely horrible, but some things are bigger. Some things are bigger than you. And the problem is with this now is that the key is no longer under corporate control or even under the sheer fact that it doesn't exist, right? Because that's the ultimate security. The key doesn't exist. Yeah. Instead, the key is now under some moral code. We'll unlock it for you because that's a very sad story and you're absolutely right. We'll unlock it for you because that's right. They shouldn't get away with that. We'll unlock it for you because we believe in law enforcement. We're not going to unlock it for you. Nope. You know, at that point when it becomes a judgment call whether or not this key gets used by a group of private individuals who we don't actually know, that's a scary prospect. It really is. Um, Also scary prospect, Microsoft keeps making new bots. (laughs) I love this so much. Okay, so we talked about this with the Microsoft Build Conference, uh, that they were going to introduce new bot language to allow Cortana to talk with other APIs and other systems. Well, they're really, really reaching out in terms of AI development and building new bots. And they have a new one. Um, wow, geez, what's its name? Uh, Caption bot. Caption bot. Guess what it does? It, it captions things. Badly. So badly they're good. Uh, my favorite is, uh, and Caption bot always starts the same way. Um, I, I'm not really confident. My fir- the first one is my favorite, actually. I'm not really confident, but I think it's a man in a suit and tie talking on a cell phone, and he seems meh. It's President Obama kissing his wife. Yes. Which, okay, suit and tie? Yeah, he got it, which is impressive considering the tie isn't even there. Um, And the meh... I could see because his mouth shape, it's not smiling and it's not frowning, right? He's leaning in for a kiss. So from a side angle, sure. If you didn't, if you didn't know that context, you'd think he was ambivalent. But the cell phone versus Michelle Obama, there's really no way to, <laughs> to match that up. There's no way to explain that away. Now, my favorite one of these, uh, and this is actually not listed, uh, but Lance Ulanoff, who is the editor of uh, Mashable, uh, he used to be with PC Mag, he posted one, and it's a picture of Kanye West kissing Kim Kardashian. He's grabbing, grabbing her butt. Yeah. Grabbing her butt and says, I'm not really confident, but I think it's a couple of men standing next to a man. Now, the the thing about this, I think it's hilarious that, first of all, it called Kanye West a man, because we all know that the guy is just a whiny little baby. Uh, is Kim Kardashian's butt being considered a man as well? <laughs> I, I I don't understand that one, but... But... <laughs> I, I have no clue what's wrong with their AI protocol. I mean, it would have. I mean, it could have been. Could have been worse. It could have been Tay, their Twitter bot, who went hilariously racist after twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you remember that whole dress controversy? What color is the dress? 
Chatbot thinks that it's a cat wearing a tie. Or, excuse me, CaptionBot thinks it's a cat wearing a tie. Yeah, or there's a great picture. I shouldn't say great. There is a picture of a guy in a leather cat suit wearing high heels. And it's an actual cat suit. He's dressed as Catwoman. Uh, and From like Batman Returns. Yeah. Uh, Bot says, I think it's a man carrying a surfboard. Nailed it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I would love is... to see Tay, actually. I would love to see Tay interact with CaptionBot. I, I think they need to con- combine the two so that Tay is CaptionBot. Yeah, because that Kanye picture would suddenly turn into, it looks like a Mexican stealing some jobs. <laughs> it really would. Oh, Tay. What does that say about Kim Kardashian? <laughs> no, I was talking about Kanye. I, I know, but if he's stealing the jobs, I mean... Um, I don't know where you're going with that, and I don't want to venture a guess. It seems like dangerous territory. It, it is. It's me. It's always dangerous territory. You've the, learned after five years. Congrats. I know. Warning. Warning, Will Robinson. Um, so... Microsoft is actually putting out a good feature. It's coming in, it is in an upcoming build of Windows 10. I actually saw it on my computer. I run the experimental builds on my computer, sometimes to ill effect, but sometimes it's pretty cool. In the off chance, you get a blue screen of death. And I say off chance because Windows 10, it's a much reduced chance you're going to get it. Yeah, it doesn't happen. I don't think I've had any in Windows 10, to be honest. I've seen a couple, but only because I'm an IT administrator. I have a lot more uh, visibility to a lot more computers every day than most people. And I see the occasional one once a month. But they've actually added a new feature to the blue screen of death, which sounds weird when you put it that way. Currently in Windows 10, if you get a blue screen of death, you get a a frowny face emoji, which is kind of cute. And it says, your PC ran into a problem and needs to restart. We're just collecting some error info, and then we'll restart for you. And it gives you the percentage. And that's pretty cool. That's a lot more user-friendly than blue screens used to be, where it gave like some memory address and which program was causing a memory leak, which most people couldn't read. But it doesn't actually tell you why your computer crashed. Well, now they are, in the form of a QR code. So if you get this, use your smartphone to snap a picture of the QR code and it will take you to the page that actually lists what your error was and what to do to fix it. This isn't the most world-changing feature I've ever seen, but it's a really cool way that I think a manufacturer of any manufacturer, of any developer, has started to embrace other technologies. This QR code will only work with a tablet or smartphone. And it's banking on the possibility, on the likelihood, that you have one of those right there with you. I think it's cool. You know, how many IT guys do you know that go to a computer, or out there, period, regardless of whether they go to a computer or not, that don't have their phone on them? And what's the percentage of end users who don't have a phone on them? If they get a QR code, granted, probably 80% of users won't know what to do with that, and they'll just reboot their computer and cry to the IT department. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's cool stuff, man. It actually comes straight out. I mean, I used to do this. If I'd see a blue screen come up, 
I would try and write down very quickly what the error code was. Or when camera phones got better, I'd try and snap a picture of it. Oh, yeah. Because it was there, and then it was gone. Yeah, I remember one time my mom, she was having some computer issues, and she called me up. She said, I'm getting a blue screen of death. I said, okay, well, what's the code that goes with that? I don't know. Thanks, <laughs> okay. Mom. That's not helpful. Yeah, so this is this is a nice little uh, addition. It, it's funny, these little things that uh, Microsoft keeps adding into new builds of Windows. Things that you wouldn't think are... You, you wouldn't think they're the biggest deal. Then you remember that if this were an Apple event, this would be an innovative step in oh, their next version of the OS. so innovative. <laughs> Granted... I don't think even Apple would try and boast about when your computer crashes, it'll be easier to diagnose why. Yeah, because they just work. Um, okay. Let's change gears into the government again, because we were already there. I did not know this, and I feel kind of sheepish for not knowing this, but there's actually a law that states that if you want, if a government agency wants access to your emails... They have to get a warrant. I always just thought that, you know, I watch a lot of police procedural dramas and whatnot. We've had talk about, you know, Project Prism and all these other things. Edward Snowden blew the whistle on a whole bunch of email scandals. I didn't know that was even a law. Probably because no one actually gets a warrant for the emails. They just use a loophole that says that if the email is older than 180 days, they can just get it. I I don't like that. No. Well, it turns out neither does the House. In Congress, um, a bill to close up that loophole passed it 28 to 0. That's weird. Now, that's 28 to 0. That that's a subcommittee, obviously. Right. That that's the House Judiciary Committee. Yeah. But the fact that anything in any branch of Congress was able to get through unanimously. Isn't Orrin Hatch chairman of the Judiciary Committee? I hope not. For anyone who doesn't know, he's Utah's representative and the dude's a troll. Yeah, oh, he's awful. He's awful. Um, okay, it looks like Grassley is. Oh, That's an unfortunate name. Yeah, Grassley is the Senate Judiciary Committee leader, chairman. Yep. Now, um, the original bill that says they have to get a warrant was passed in 86. So, you know, a while ago, uh, back when email was really the only electronic form of communication we even used. So I'm sure that they thought they were being really proactive in passing this bill. Uh, but... With this, it now completely secures email. I wish we could see it, them do this also with texts and chats and other things, but that'll probably have to be that'll probably have to be another bill later on. Yeah, I I should mention I just checked the who is on the Judiciary Committee. Um, I know he gets a lot of flack, but Mike Lee, he's on that. So, hmm. That's kind of surprising. We won't get into why. 
<laughs> we'll have to take that offline. Yep. I'm not I'm honestly though not surprised at all that that's something he would vote for, but Okay, moving on. Ransomware. We know ransomware. I've unfortunately been the target of ransomware. Uh, it's where you accidentally install something on your computer that then uh, encrypts it and makes you pay to get it decrypted. Yes. Well, as if that kind of terror and destruction isn't fun enough, a new one called Jigsaw came out, and it just flat out deletes the files. Yeah, it gives you a time limit, and then it starts deleting files. And if you decide, oh, well, I'm going to reboot the computer, it starts deleting them in large chunks. That's, um, yeah. That's terrifying. And, I mean, what kind of horrible person comes up with that? It's it's brilliant, but it's it's just awful. Yeah, so what it does is it um, it says it needs you to pay 0.4 Bitcoin, which is about $160. If you don't pay, it will start deleting files. If you reboot the computer, it just deletes an additional 1,000 files. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't know that viruses could be sociopathic, but I guess they can. So yay for humanity. We've done that now. Yeah. The cool thing, though, it, it, if you get it, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, big news this this week. Th- both this ransomware and uh, the other one, the one that encrypts it, which I forgot the name of it just for a moment. The the PETA. PETA. Uh, the one that actually just straight up encrypts everything and screws you over that way. They've both been beaten, at least for a while. And the people who have found the fix have put it up for free. Yes. So there's now a way to decrypt your hard drive for free or wipe your system from the jigsaw deleting worm of doom for free. Like free, free. These guys are studs. They're super studs. Here's my concern. And I, I'm just throwing this out here from my own experience, being on the internet for many, many, many years and seeing how these things play out. If ever you get some ransomware and you're desperate and you go and start searching for these fixes, these free fixes, I guarantee you that there is someone out there who has taken the fix, embedded a virus in it, and thrown it back up on a server so that when you go and get it, download it, and install it to run it, yeah, congratulations, you're no longer encrypted. Oh, but now you're infected with their virus instead. Yes. Check your sources, people. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a really good point. Somebody will always capitalize on something like this. But the other concern is whenever you've got a fix, that just gets the bad guys to up their game. And so they're going to start making it even harder to decrypt. They're going to up that encryption level so that it can't be decrypted like this. But then also a a cool thing about this is I think there's five or six different versions of the Jigsaw ransomware out there now. And there's actually a web application that was created by these guys that will tell you which version you have. And whether or not they can decrypt it for you. So well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's cool stuff, man. These guys, 
they deserve like a Nobel Peace Prize or something this year. But it'll probably go to somebody who like saved a thousand children or something. Pshaw. I know. I know. Um, now, we recently had a birthday. We turned five for the podcast. What is it? About seven or eight for the website? Yeah. I thought you were talking about my daughter. She turned five yesterday. She did turn five yesterday. But never uh, mind that. The podcast. I got but you. But I, I don't think our listeners want to know about, well, I'd like to know about the cake that you consumed. But It was pretty uh, horrible. What, was it a lie? <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> True story. So my wife had a horribly busy day. She was going to make the cake herself. just didn't happen. So I'm on my way home from work, and she's like, stop by the store, pick up a cake. I'm like, okay, take it to the bakery, have them write happy birthday in our daughter's name. So I did that in, in, in purple frosting. She loved it. It was a beautiful little cake, right? Here's the problem. The cake that I got was about two inches, two and a half inches tall, eight inches round. So should be plenty of cake for the small handful of people we had there. In fact, we still have some. I cut into it and I start dishing it up. No, no. The actual cake was only an inch tall. The whipped cream frosting was another inch and a half tall all over the cake. Was it good frosting, though? It was horrible. The cake was a total lie. There was basically no cake in that cake. You know, there are a few things worse than bad frosting on a cake. I, that just, nothing will ruin a good dessert faster than putting crap on top of it. It's true. Literal or figurative. Yes. I mean, an actual crap frosting would be pretty bad, too. It may have been preferable to what you were served, though. She didn't care. It was her cake. She was happy. But that's, I was I was annoyed. Yeah, she's five. It's sugar. What does it matter? But in other birthday news. Yes, she wasn't the only one to have a birthday. Google Calendar turned 10. I can't believe it's that old. I can't either. I've been using it a long time. <laughs> yeah. I used it back in the day when there was still an iGoogle. Oh, I miss iGoogle. I actually, funny story, uh, in my previous job, I worked with somebody who was in charge of the iGoogle stuff. Uh, she was with the new company, and I, I helped her with a project. I ran a project for her. And she was in charge of iGoogle, and I told her I was very displeased with her for killing that off. It Did was, she take personal responsibility as she should? She said it was not her call. Uh, the pass in the buck. Typical and Google. She, she was very diplomatic and said she was also upset. Well, Google Calendar has decided to celebrate by giving us a couple new features. One of them is a nice thought and is utterly useless and that is the goals feature you think it's utterly useless oh yes and here's why see goals allows you to set let's say i want to save up enough for a ferrari by december so you set a goal and you can set it in your google calendar hey that's pretty cool or you could also say i have a goal to work out every wednesday and the calendar will find ways to help pencil in when you can meet that goal. Oh, well, his goal was to work out on Wednesday, but I noticed these things are already on Wednesday. So, hey, what if we schedule some workout time here? Wouldn't that be great? It's, it, it's very ambitious. It's very, very ambitious. You know, like 
every other New Year's resolution. <laughs> okay. Basically, Google has given us a new feature to fail at. Uh, you know, I hadn't really considered that. Well, no, um, because you actually work out like a healthy human being. I do. In fact, I've been to the gym every day this week. I started running again. I, I'm hoping to run a 5K by um, 4th of July. See, and I'm just hoping not to die by age 40. Yeah, which which is an admirable goal. Maybe you should put that into Google Calendar. <laughs> Don't die today. <laughs> I am so going to do that. I've noticed you're free between 3 and 4. That's a perfect time to not die. Thanks, Google. <laughs> I, I think that, that needs to happen. That needs to happen. You know, I can't do it yet. I, I've stopped using Google Calendar in favor of other calendars, but Google Calendar keeps throwing op- throwing these new features. I almost said options, but it's not really an option because whatever. But I've, I keep trying to go do it. I don't have an update for Google Calendar available. And, Neither do I. Not yet. And I can't install or i can't set any goals so my favorite is the very last line this is a venture beat article and the very last line says google remind me to set a goal for myself sometime next week oh that's awesome that's how it is though it we're really humans. is we're horrible with this kind of stuff yeah you know some people are really good at it and i i've noticed that those people tend to be worth a lot of money and have much fame and success those people also don't need their phone or calendar reminding them of stuff that they're just going to do yes yes i'm, you know, I'm like, just saying i since i got my s6 for work i've been using s health and i track my sleep i've got a fitbit and i've got a sleep number bed that's connected to the Wi-Fi. So I know how I sleep. I know how many hours I sleep each night. But I thought, okay, you know, I'll throw throw my numbers in there. And every night I get like four hours of sleep because I have so much crap to do. And every morning I wake up at about 5 o'clock to go to work. And <laughs> when I enter it in, it always tells me, oh, you slept for four hours. But good job, you woke up on time. <laughs> He might have just be good job. You woke up. I just find it so ridiculous because, yeah, I woke up on time. But if you look, I don't really have a healthy sleep cycle. Yeah, no, I use the F health. S, yeah, F health. I use the S health as well. And it just lists mine as poor, mainly because I'm waking up uh, 40 minutes late and going to bed two hours late Ooh. every night. Yeah, that's no good. That's no good. It does, however, say that I average around uh, 10,000 steps a day, which I know is a lie. So evidently, I have palsy and just shake when I'm sitting in my seat at work. Because <laughs> that's the only explanation I have. That, and Hey, whatever it takes, man. Maybe it is the cake. Um, Google is also adding a new cool little feature here. I say cool. I wonder if it's actually going to be used. But uh, if you've ever been browsing the internet, the interwebs, as they were on Chrome, and you click through to a link and it suddenly pops up a red site, a red page, and it says, Google has identified the following page as having malware or suspicious activity. Typically, it's valid, and you should say nope and go right back to where you came from. It does give you the option to override, 
but it's almost always accurate. You know, though, I'm the idiot that always overrides because whenever I get that type of a message, it's on a site that I frequent and I know that I'm not going to get nailed with something. Yeah, uh, when it's those sites, usually, and we talked about this before, usually it's the ads that got infiltrated. Yes, and in fact, one of the sites that I go to got nailed because of some ads that they had, which is funny because I don't see them anyways because I use an ad blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but, have but, but gotten... it's still a good feature that Chrome has. Yeah. I, I think it's cool, but I think it can be damaging. You know, this site that I, that I go to, uh, the site itself wasn't necessarily bad. They just had a, somebody give them a bad ad that they were running. and yep. I, So now that's their reputation that's tarnished as well, which kind of sucks. But, you well, know, don't run the, ads that... that they're adding gonna... a new feature here. And this one is going to be really hard to explain to your grandma. But it's when Google has noticed that the following site engages in some questionable social engineering practices. You've seen them, the little things on the side that say, hey, you're my friend, or click here to like this, or click here to share, and it's not a Facebook button, it's an ad. Or it's someplace that takes you or downloads something really malicious. Or it's something that, yeah, it's a link for Facebook, and if you click it, it suddenly adds 3,000 people to your friends list and grants grants it access to your entire contact list. Yeah, I don't like those. <laughs> I hate those. We, and we I never... applaud Google for doing this, but I wonder if anyone's going to listen. Well, whenever I go to a website that has those, they're usually the first thing to load. And people are impatient and so they'll just click on it, trying to get their download or whatever it is faster. And almost every time they're fake, and they make them look so good that you can't tell. I hate them. I hate them. I remember the first year, Zoner, you and I went down to the New Media Expo. We were down for the New Media Expo and for the Podcast Awards. Hey, see that? I, I referenced back there. Circular referencing. Full circle. Um, and we met with an ad agency representative who was sure that he could get us um, a paycheck if we ran ads from his agency on the site. And so we did. Uh, we did for approximately 36 hours. And sure enough, we, in 36 hours, we built up $8 worth of credit. And I'm so sorry. I'm, t- I'm saying that right now for all of our listeners and the readers. I'm so sorry because for those 36 hours... Our site was plastered in blinking, flashing, animated, download here, click here for free scan, all that crap. I mean, now we just get Asian dating single sites, evidently, according to Zoner and Schmitty. You know, I'm not seeing any Google stuff lately. Did we take those down? Nope, they're still there. Oh, uh, I, I don't see them. So but there's good. a lot of bad practices when it comes to advertising. And so I think it is good that Google Chrome is adding this feature. But again, I don't think uh, people like us who think we know better are just going to skip right past it. And the people who it scares don't actually read it or understand it anyway. Still, red warning sign stops people. So I guess that's good. You know, it would also be really good. What? Speaking of red and insecure, um, 
how Windows XP is evidently still the third most popular OS in the world. You know, not everybody could be a freaking early adopter, Zook. I know. I realize this. I realize that two years after support shut down for a 15-year-old OS, that it's unrealistic for me to expect people to use something created in, oh, I don't know, this decade. Or even within the last decade. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. People, stop using Windows XP. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop it now. There's if you're no using excuse. Windows XP, yeah. If you're using Windows XP, throw your computer out. Just do it. If you're still using Windows XP, chances are you can't upgrade to 8 or 10, which I get it. I, I'm right there with you. And I'm not saying you have to go out and buy a new computer. I am going to say that new computers are the cheapest they've been in a long time, and you can get into an entry-level computer for 300 bucks that comes with Windows 10 and specs that are probably well beyond what your 15-year-old computer had. But I'm not going to say that you need to go out and spend $300 because not everyone has that to spend. Not not everybody has IT money. True. True. That that's, That is smoking IT money right there. $300 Dell Inspiron. Second hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Heck, I think I bought my wife and my daughter's using it now. A few years ago, I bought her just kind of a low-end HP laptop for like 200 bucks at Walmart. Yeah, my laptop was expensive, uh, but it was refurbished, so I didn't have to spend full sticker price for it um, seven and a half years ago. Yeah. Still using it. I'm using it right now. That's what I'm recording to right now. Uh, but I seriously, people, I get it that Windows 7 is still the number one used. It's like 50% of the market. And I get that. Sure, it's two versions behind, but that's that's a typical, you know, that's a typical amount behind, and it's still supported. And if you want, you can upgrade for free from seven to ten. So that's okay. Seven's okay. Vista, no one's using Vista. Let's be perfectly honest. No one's using it. It didn't have great numbers when it was new. It certainly doesn't have great numbers now. But Windows XP, and we know who everyone is, where everyone is that's using it. China. Yeah. Where our podcast isn't particularly popular, so um, I guess no one's going to get my little tirade there. No. I saw something about China as well with filtering. I can't remember what it was this week. Oh, well. That they have no filter? Oh, actually, they do. It's called the Great Wall of China. Yes. Um, the Great Firewall of China. Yes. Uh, and racial segregation. I think that's also considered a filter of sorts. Which is hey, important to have out there. Speaking of old, ancient, decrepit, and dangerous software, QuickTime. This yes. one is very surprising. I was totally blown away by this, okay? Um, and I have to admit, I'm a little bit out of the loop. See, last time I had an iPhone, which was years and years ago, to use it, you have to use iTunes. Okay, and when you installed iTunes, it used to install QuickTime alongside it. You couldn't get one without the other. Now, that must have changed since I've moved to Android and Windows Phone and back to Android, because now we have Homeland Security telling people to not install QuickTime for Windows anymore. And Trend Micro also saying, don't install QuickTime for Windows. 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm honestly, apparently there's a couple vulnerabilities with QuickTime that will allow people with ill intent or governments to take control of your Canadian machine. Canadian governments. Yeah. FBI's. But the interesting thing about this, because of that, I'm amazed that Homeland Security is advising people to remove it from their machines. Why wouldn't they keep it quiet and just say, hey, FBI, guess what we just found? Well, it's even more surprising. I guess I missed the memo. And I feel really sheepish admitting that. I'm a technology podcast host. I should have known. I should have been the one breaking this news. But evidently, Apple has dropped all support for QuickTime for Windows. They're not going to be releasing it anymore. Yeah, I wasn't aware it. of that either. I I don't know where we were when that announcement was made, but uh, that's a big fail on us. Well, I think it has to do with the fact that you don't need QuickTime on Windows like you used to. Well, right. And QuickTime so, used and to so be like the end-all for, for video compression, and it's not anymore. Yeah, and so we don't use it, we don't need it, so we don't use it, so we don't pay attention. I, I think that that's what happened. Probably. Now, from day-to-day use, in my experience, you won't miss anything by uninstalling QuickTime. Um, and the parts where you're probably going to notice it the most is when you browse older sites that require the QuickTime plugin, which, to be perfectly honest, is probably where the actual vulnerability is. Yeah. Not are in those QuickTime sites, itself, but are are those sites on IE six? Probably, yes. So, um, upgrade your computer. Don't install QuickTime. Get within the last four years of technology, please. Yeah, and while we're talking about websites, <laughs> I still don't know if this is real or not. It's gotta be. You can't make this crap up. Well, you can actually. It's very easy to. So. Um, Zoner actually sent this to me earlier today, and it's a um, it's an article about a gentleman who posted to a forum called Server Fault, where he was looking for help in recovering data. See, he had a company; he was the head of the company, and he his company hosted other people's websites and servers, kind of like WP Cycle does for us, right? And he ran a command and just let it run. Here's why I don't believe this. No one who is, has anything to do with a computer and is the head of a company that does that is so stupid as to run a command on his entire network. But apparently, allegedly, this is what he did. The command, by the way, is a bash script that deletes everything without prompting you for confirmation. Everything. And because he was mapped to his backups and to his uh, his storage vaults, he was mapped to them locally, it went and deleted those as well. For 1,535 customers. I... That's a bad day. <laughs> That's a bad... I, I imagine some F-bombs were dropped. I, I don't... I don't know if I believe it. I'm interested to see if anyone else believes it, but... Uh... Well, you know, I, I've read the comments. I was checking it out on Reddit earlier. It sounds like people are calling him out, saying that, you know, he's an idiot. But there's a lot of people saying, yes, this is possible. However, unlikely, 
it is possible. Well, it's totally possible. But, I mean, so many bad decisions had to be made before he went and entered in that command. And why did he enter in that command? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, generally, you know, you can run that command, but you need to do it in a specific directory. You don't do it on root. Yeah. And I, he did it on root, which this is... This is the kind of story that it sounds like he was trying to, like, enter in a secret command that got him more RAM. <laughs> That's probably exactly what happened. He wanted more RAM. Which, you know, someone who could fall for that shouldn't be running a hosting company. No, they should not. They should come to WPCycle.com. Okay, into our favorites. Mine uh, is a throwback. I remember, And we just talked about it earlier today, actually. Uh, the team over at Cracked have a, a fun video about uh, Microsoft's Tay AI and explaining what it was and taking in their own take on it. And they do these uh, cracked response videos, and sometimes they're hilarious and sometimes they're not. This one I especially liked because it was kind of meeting of the worlds with my tech, love for tech and the headlines behind it and humor. And they bring up an interesting point about poor Tay. They say that she's like the new kid at your high school who just wants to fit in and is so willing to do anything we tell her to do. That sure, she buys a year-long pool pass for the school that has no pool, and she shows up at the library at midnight, only to find that no one else is there. Only in this case, it was racist and sexist tweets. So it really, it's hilarious, and it's also kind of sad, but it's worth checking out. It's a short four-minute video. Uh, my favorite this week is something a little different. Uh, Anchor, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Is that how you say it? Anchor? Mm -hmm. um, they create charging products. Uh, I bought a bunch of their stuff, some of their, some of their cables, uh, a car adapter, uh, and then a, a power port uh, before I went to Cleveland in February. And I absolutely love their stuff. Absolutely love it. It's wonderful. It works perfectly. I am a huge fan. Uh, they are coming out with a new product called the Powerhouse, which looks to charge everything. I mean, it looks like you got a cigarette like power adapter, the 12 volt car adapter. Um, so it can charge your e-cigs. So you can charge your e-cigs. You can plug a freaking like vacuum into this, or you know, USBs. It it looks like a really good product. Uh, about five hundred dollar value. They are actually giving one away for free. Uh, you just go to their site, sign up, and then tell other people about it. And yeah, it is amazing. Um, I really would like to pick one of these up because I love this type of stuff. Uh, generally, I buy these types of products from Goal Zero for the larger things because um, I'm kind of a solar snob since I put panels on my house. But uh, yeah, very cool stuff. Check it out. And if you sign up using the link, then hey, maybe I can help get one. Or you can help me get one. Uh, hey, I'll just go ahead and change that link for mine. Yeah, I'm uh, selfish. Shut up, Zook. <laughs> <laughs> so that is our show this week. Hey, we brought back the contact form on the website, so feel free to check that out. You can drop us a line that way. Email us at feedback at stolendroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Do something on Google+. Head on over to podcastawards.com and be sure to nominate us. I believe you can nominate us daily. Hey, there's a thought. Hey, tell Google to add a goal to your calendar to nominate us daily. 
I'm all for that. Great goal. Yes. Uh, and until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.